Welcome back to the AM show. I'm Miles Davis alongside Andre Monroe. Andre, how's it going today? I'm doing good. I'm excited for the All-Star game tonight. I'm super excited to see Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons play. How about you? I'm excited to see Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons play too. I'm excited to see them face off each other. I think they did last year too. So that's pretty interesting. And I hope Ben Simmons makes the three. But we can talk about what happened last night, Saturday night, All-Star Weekend, of course. Doesn't just include the All-Star game, but includes the festivities of dunk contests, the skills challenge, and the three-point contest. So uh, I would assume that you saw it too, as I did. So what did you think of the All-Star winners? Were there any snubs? And uh, it was a pretty fun event. So what did you think about it? Well, absolutely there were, there were snubs, but we're not going to talk about – in my we're not – we're not going to talk about that first for me. First off, I want to congratulate Devin Booker and Bam Adebayo for winning the three-point contest. They, those two definitely deserved it, and they did. They played very hard, and I'm very proud of them. And they are absolute ballers, in my opinion. And I'm excited to see Devin Booker in the All-Star game tonight after Damian Lillard sadly got hurt, but Devin Booker, I'm excited to see how he performs in his first All-Star game. Now, when we're talking about the slam dunk contest, I truly believe that Aaron Gordon was snubbed. For the set, for the first time, I was like, all right, both Levine had some great dunks, Gordon had some great dunks. But just here, dunking off of dunking over Taco Fall, that has to be a 10. I'm, I'm sorry, but it just has to be. And because of this snub, not only have you made some people just hate the slam dunk contest, but even NBA stars such as John Morant have basically now confirmed that he may never, ever do the the dunk contest anymore because of this simple mistake that some of these players made, such as Dwayne Wade and Scottie Pippen, by by giving Aaron Gordon just a simple nine instead of calling it a tie. I believe, I agree with you. I believe it should have been a tie. And you know what? I blame Dwayne Wade because, you know, Dwayne Wade is a former Miami Heat player. I think he had a little bit of bias in him uh, with that last scoring of giving Aaron Gordon a 9 for that. I think he had a little bit of bias in him. I do think that he wanted it in an attack. He came out and said that publicly after the um, contest. But I think he had a little bit of bias in him. And if he had to choose between Aaron Gordon and and Derek Jones Jr., I'd definitely think uh he chose Derek jones for on purpose so uh that's my thoughts on dunk contest it, it was just probably the best yeah i would say it was the best dunk contest i've seen it was pretty good aaron gordon even pat Connaughton with that dunk over Giannis, and he touched the backboard and then he slammed it that was a great dunk uh and of course using props i always love when the dunkers use props such as uh Giannis, of course, and I think uh, Jazz Rapper as well. With uh, I think it was Aaron Gordon who used him. So it was it was a good. Although you know, Aaron Gordon got snubbed. I think it was it still made up for it. It was a great dunk contest. And also, I'm just excited for Devin Booker. You know, before like a week ago, he wasn't even in the three point contest, not even in the All Star game. But now he gets into the All Star game, and he didn't win it. Buddy Hill won it, but he didn't win it. But he came really close, and he was a finalist, so it's, that's pretty excited for Devin Booker. Who do you got winning? Who do you have winning the All Star game tonight? Oh, Team LeBron, Team LeBron, of course. I think we finally found Giannis's weakness. You know, he's a great player, all on and off the court. Uh, he's 
a great like he's unstoppable in the paint but drafting i don't think is a good thing for him we saw that last year too and let's just look at team lebron's team they have lebron of course ad Kawhi, harden luca like it's insane it's insane and then meanwhile you know Giannis's team isn't bad but you look at his team he has Giannis and Bede Pascal Siakam uh so I mean the top three of LeBron's team versus Giannis's team LeBron's team definitely wins that so I'm gonna say team LeBron and also I'm just excited that uh the NBA honored Kobe Bryant by naming the all-star MVP award after him so I'm also interested in seeing who will win that award but what do you think yeah what's interesting to me is that when I was watching the all-star draft what really amused me is how Team Giannis, his starting five are the Eastern Conference starters, and Team LeBron is the Western Conference starting five. So just looking on paper, it's kind of obvious, considering the depth that the West has in comparison to the depth that the East has. I think just going off of that, you can tell that Team LeBron's going to pull off just because with his first pick, Giannis selected Joel Embiid, and then while LeBron selected AD and Kawhi. And because of that, just starting off there, that it already was a recipe for disaster, in my opinion, and that's one of the reasons why I have Team LeBron winning this. Yeah. I think he did. He probably did that on purpose, after all. But yeah, um, I forgot what I was going to say. But Giannis, Giannis, like I said, he's not the best drafter, but I still think that he's going to dominate on the court. Um, come today, actually, uh, later today, because last last All-Star game, I believe we had a highlight play from Giannis to Stephen Curry, where Stephen Curry alley-ooped it, and it was high in the air, Giannis caught it, so that's another thing I am uh, look forward to, is seeing the highlights, and like I said, I hope Ben Simmons decides to at least take a three, uh, pretty excited for that too, so yeah, All-Star game's pretty fun, that's the one thing that, in my opinion, the NBA is better than the NFL and all other sports that is the festivities and All-Star Weekend. It's a pretty good event. All right, we're going to move on to our next topic. We're going to transition into football, in particular the Philadelphia Eagles. So I know that the Philadelphia Eagles, they they lost to the Seattle Seahawks in the wild card round. But, and with free agency looming, Andre, who do you think the Eagles are going to and or should target? Well, I think it's a couple players that they could target. But uh, a lot of people have been saying Amari Cooper one, you know, but these free agents, like you can't just consider the big names. You also have to consider the price tag, the future with their team, the chemistry. So Amari Cooper, a former Cowboy, you know, the experience in the Eagles getting former Cowboys is not always good with DeMarco Murray, Orlando Scandrick. Not always a good idea. So Amari Cooper, especially with his injury history, and um, I think he has a lack of toughness. And I don't think he'll he'll fit in Philly, and he's expensive too. So Amari Cooper off my board, but a interesting player, a Temple player, uh, in fact, is Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, a speedster, he's a deep threat. Uh, he's an explosive player. He can add that explosive dynamic to the Eagles' offense that they've lacked over the last few years. So Robbie Anderson is my number one candidate at the wide receiver position. But that's not our only hole. Our, we have a lot of holes. Well, not a lot, but we have a few holes. Linebacker position and the cornerback position. And for the cornerback position, I think Darius Slay, although he comes with a price tag, I think he fits. I mean, if you want to have elite talent at the um, 
secondary position, you're going to have to overpay, not overpay, but you're going to have to pay someone. And the Eagles have been cheap at that position, and historically, really. So I think uh, they should go out and finally spend the bag on Darius Slay because I think he's, I think he he's worth it. And if not Darius Slay, I think Byron Jones, a former Cowboy, is also a good idea if he does ever sign with Dallas. But yeah, I know I'm rambling, so I want to see your opinion. Yeah, so the problem that I have with Robbie Anderson is because I have no problem with him. I think he would be great for us. I feel like he would be perfect for Carson Wentz. But the problem is the price. So the Eagles have $40 million in cap space for this year, which is perfect. Amazing. Great job, Howie. But the problem is is that I was reading something recently that this the price tag for for Robbie Anderson is going to be around 11 to $15 million a year. So the question that I'm asking is, do you want to spend $11 million for this guy as well as that first-round pick? You're probably going to need to sign some linebacker to a contract, which – and if you want him to be good, he's probably going to take around $10 million maybe. And then, you, and then also, like, as you said, a cornerback, maybe Byron Jones trading for Darius Slay, that's not going to be cheap. And so because of that, I just don't really see us getting Robbie Anderson unless – it's a, for a little bit less than that eleven to thirteen million dollar price range. Well, I'm not asking. I'm not asking for the Eagles to get you know all these top name players. I just want one. I just want one because you also have the draft, and I think uh, I'm gonna be surprised if you don't share this opinion with me. But I th- believe in my heart that the Eagles will finally um, draft a wide receiver first, draft an explosive player, draft a player that's uh, not in the Pac-12 first and go with the Alabama wide receiver Henry Ruggs I really hope that we do that and I hope that we pick him at 21 I think he's going to drop there too I think uh, uh, he's going to drop to 21 and I think uh, we can target Henry Ruggs at number 21 but like I said the free agency also affects the draft and draft also affects free agency so we don't need to get all these players and free agency because we can recoup for that in the draft so um we only need like one or two players that can solidify uh, this defense or this offense, and then we can, you know, get some young talent at the draft. I would definitely want us to try and get a corner in free agency rather than getting a corner in the draft, unless the Eagles are definitely sold on this person. So, like maybe Christian Fulton around the second round, because that's where that's around where he's supposed to fall. But of course, we may have to trade some picks for him because of how he's. Like around, he's going to be picked around in the early second round, and the Eagles don't have their pick until the late second round, mid second round. So we're just going to have to see where that falls through. But we're going to move on to our next topic. So let's go back to the NBA. So, Andre, what do you think about the NBA season going forward? What do you think is going to happen? Are, is there is anyone going to surprise us towards the end? Who do, is there any teams that's going to slip into the eight seed? Do you think there's anyone's going to fall and drop out of the playoffs? So what do you think is going to happen? Well, um, that's an interesting question. I think that the Heat just got well. I think the Heat just got significantly better with Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala joining the uh, Heat. I think they just got better. And they're a scary first-round team because they will fa- face either the Sixers or Celtics. They will face, or the Raptors, someone in the first round, and they'll be scary. They'll be really scary. And so I think that the Heat will be the surprising team, even though I don't know if you can call them surprising because they have been consistently good all season. It's just that they'll be, like, come playoff time, they'll be a scary matchup. 
but my bias is gonna show a bit here. But I think the Sixers like everyone's been clowning them this year. Everyone's been calling them overrated, overhyped. But I think that Sixers will make a late push. Uh, they're gonna make the playoffs, of course. But I think they're gonna make a late push, and come playoff time, they're a matchup problem for the Celtics. They're a matchup problem for the Bucks, and I think they'll make a splash. Well, not splash, but they'll make it. They'll be scary in the playoffs. Yeah, I definitely think that the Sixers will probably be able to make some noise, especially because those rumors of internal issues between Simmons and Embiid have, I guess, gone to rest now that we have seen that Simmons, both Simmons and Embiid have respect for each other. And because of that, and because they their, their, their mere belief that they can jail well together and what I've seen from the Clippers game, I feel like it's definitely possible that the Sixers pick up some belief. The only problem that I have is consistency. And that consistency needs to be consistent at home and on the road. If the Sixers can do that, then this team is going to be extremely, extremely dangerous. But another team that I, I just feel like is really interesting and has really intrigued me at where they are positioned right now is the Memphis Grizzlies. I, re, I truly wonder what's going to happen to them, if whether or not they're going to keep rising, if they're going to stay in that eight seed, or if they're going to drop in a team like the Spurs or the or the Trailblazers or the Pelicans are going to get that eight seed. So, yeah. Um, the also in the West, we're talking about the East, but in the West, the Clippers actually just fell to the three seed after losing two straight to the Seven Sixers and the Celtics. And I think we're going to have to eventually talk about the Clippers because, you know, they're the favorite for the championship this year next to the Bucks. But are they really that good? Are they really, uh, you know, as good as advertised, as good as they are on paper? Because the Lakers, I mean, they're running away with the, with the number one seed. They're 41-12 and 12 right now. Number one seed, uh, they're up by, like, four games over the Nuggets because the Nuggets are actually a two seed So in the West. So it'll be interesting to see where the Clippers end up by the end of the year. They've been going off the rails a bit uh recently especially with injuries paul george uh recently injured his hamstring Kawhi leonard has been low managing all season patrick beverly has been injured so it's going to be interesting to see where the clippers end up in terms of seeding at the end of the year but yeah i think the way that the season started will be majorly different uh in comparison to how it ends all right last thing we're so we talked. So, what seed do you think the Sixers are going to be in towards on this last final stride? Good question. I think. Uh, so, let me just uh, run out right here. So, the Bucks are the number one seed, of course. Then you have the Raptors, and I think the Bucks are going to keep the number one seed. But then you have the Raptors at the two seed. Then you have the Celtics at the three seed. Heat at the four seed, and then you have the Sixers at the five seed. I think that the 76ers will overlap the um, Celtics and the Heat, and they'll end up with the three seed. I really am confident in that. I think the Celtics, the Celtics, it seems like they always, you know, overachieve in the regular season. Same with the Raptors, uh, with the exception of last year. But I think that the Celtics and Raptors are overachieving right now in the regular season. But although they have been good, I think uh, the Sixers are definitely a better team than both those teams. And the only team, the really, the only team that the 76ers should fear is the Bucks. So I think that the Sixers will end up in the three seed, and the Heat, uh, Heat will end up with the five seed. The Raptors will end up with the four seed, and the Celtics will end up with the five seed. So yeah, it's really interesting to see how the matchups uh, turn out.
Yeah, for me, I just feel like the Sixers are probably going to end up with the three or four seed, depending on if the Heat still end up staying hot. But I do feel like the Celtics will be trending downward. And because of that, I feel like a team like the Heat or the Sixers will take advantage of that. I want to I wanna, um, hear your opinion on the Sixers' recent uh, play because it seems like they've been inconsistent. They just, they well, not just, but two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, they lost to the Bucks. It was an embarrassing loss, but then they come back and beat the Clippers. So what is your opinion on the Sixers' state right now? I feel like they definitely need to use the All-Star break as an advantage, as a way to just move forward and be like, all right, this happened, but we just need to overcome this and just go forward from move on from here. And I feel like just from that, that's going to elevate their game. And I feel like you're going to see the Sixers team that will be able to make a push for the four or three seed. Yeah, because it seems like just two weeks ago, we were talking about how Ben Simmons should be traded, Joel Embiid should be traded, Brad Brown should be fired. But Brad Brown actually, talking about Brad Brown, he just made a really smart decision, in my opinion. Moving Al Horford to the sixth-man position, I think he started fork on Korkmaz, but I think that'll change. I think Glenn Robinson should get the start, uh, and Alec Burks should come off the bench next to um, Al Horford, along with fork on Korkmaz. But I think Mike Scott needs to get less minutes. As much as I love the Scott Hive and all that over the offseason, I think uh, he needs to get less minutes. And... Uh, we need to get Furkan Korkmaz more minutes. We need to get Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson, Alwolford more minutes. I mean, off the bench, of course. But I think the rotation, uh, if it's like if the rotation and the lineups are done right, the Sixers team can do really good. It just, it's just um, a chemistry issue as a leadership issue. And uh, yeah, so my opinion on the Sixers right now, I think uh, I need to see a bit more. The Celtics win definitely encouraged me way more because I was not high on the Sixers at all before that win. But that win uh, showed me something, especially with the changes and the adjustments. So hopefully if the Sixers can keep this up, they can uh, do some things in the playoffs and they can uh, excite us. Well, that's that's all we have today from the A&M show. From Andre, I'm Miles. We'll see you next time.